4: Time gone 11 o'clock Central African time here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Miso and a very warm welcome to you. This is African Dialogue. We come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. At this very moment, we are on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Now, you know, on our show, we have very interesting discussions and we look at anything and everything as it says in our intro there. Now, today we'll be specifically zooming in on Mozambique's social and political climate. This of course ahead of the holiday season and of course the threats that it could possibly have on its tourism sector. Now on the continent Mozambique is one of those countries that really do enjoy quite a number of vacation people over the holiday season so we're trying to find out whether these issues that have cropped up in that country are going to affect the tourism sector at all. But before we get into that let's get an update from the News disc with M Musa.
5: In the headlines, Kenyan authorities interrogate 23 foreigners arrested in the coastal city of Mombasa. 22 Egyptian women to stand trial for participating in clashes in Alexandria. And UNAMED facilitates mediation between Mazaria and Salamat tribes in central Darfur. Good morning, Kenyan authorities say they're interrogating 23 foreigners arrested in an operation launched in the coastal city of Mombasa to deal with terror threats. The move came after the government revoked 104 individuals of citizenship issued in the past five years. The crackdown was carried out by police officers and immigration officials in the Indian Ocean Port cities of Mombasa and Malindi. The head of the Immigration department, coastal region, James Natigo, says the foreigner's into the country through the Jomo Kenyatta airport in Nairobi a few weeks ago. They include nine Pakistanis, seven Chinese, a German, a Lebanese, three Indians, a Somali and a Yemen national. Fifteen women and seven girls who back Egypt's ousted President Mohamed Morsi will stand trial for participating in clashes in Alexandria. The girls all under the age of 18 will be prosecuted in a juvenile court. The trial will start tomorrow. They accused of fighting with anti-Morsi crowds last month in the Mediterranean city. Egypt's new military installed authorities launched a massive crackdown on supporters of the Islamist Morsi following his overthrow by the military after Mass protests against his one-year rule. The Joint African Union United Nations mission in Darfur Unimed facilitated the travel of the governor of Sudan Central Darfur to the town of Umdokan where two ethnic groups clashed in the past weeks. The fighting between Salamat and Mazzaria in Umdukan reportedly left about 100 people dead and dozens more injured, as well as burned shops and houses, including at a site for displaced people. UN Associate Spokesperson Farhan Haq says the delegation met with the Local Security Committee, the Local Peace and Reconciliation Committee, as well as with representatives of both the Salamat and the Mazzaria. It also met with representatives from international non-governmental organizations and the Sudanese Humanitarian Affairs Commission operating in the area, who confirmed that the security situation has improved since the 14th of November. The mission says that international non-governmental organizations have decided to stay to carry out their activities instead of evacuating as previously requested. The mission says it remains gravely concerned about the impact of intertribal violence on the civilian population in the affected areas. Palestinians have taken one step closer to statehood as they cast their first-ever UN vote following their upgrade last year to non-permanent, rather non-member state from entity. The Palestinians seek full membership of the UN, Mel reports. A routine UN General Assembly
4: vote held special significance for the Palestinian delegation as it cast a ballot for the first time. An act the Palestinian envoy said brought his nation a step closer to full UN membership. The chief Palestinian UN observer, Ambassador Riyad Mansour, participated in the 193 Nation Assembly's election of a judge for the International Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia. It was the first time the Palestinians cast a vote since their UN status was upgraded a year ago this month to non-member state from entity like the Vatican. The vote has been perceived as a de facto recognition of Palestinian statehood.
5: And finally, the South African government has vowed to honour former President Nelson Mandela and his generation of leaders for the contribution they made in the liberation of South Africa. Speaking at the official opening of the Nelson Mandela Center of Memory in Houghton, north of Johannesburg, President Jacob Zuma said a statue of Mandela would be unveiled at the Union buildings in the capital, Pretoria, by the end of the year. Zuma says the statue will stand as a proud symbol of people united in diversity.
1: In December... We will unveil Tata Madiba's statue at the Union Building. As we know, for many years, the Union Buildings stood as a symbol of white domination and the exclusion of the black majority. By mounting Tata Madiba's statue at the Union Buildings, we are cementing the Union Building's place among those symbols that reflect the kind of inclusive society we are building today.
5: Recapping the top stories, Kenyan authorities interrogate 23 foreigners arrested, arrested in the coastal city of Mombasa. 22 Egyptian women to stand trial for participating in clashes in Alexandria and UNIMED facilitates the mediation between Mazuria and Salamat tribes in central Darfur. And that's the news.
4: Thank you to An Musa for that news update. what well, is keeping us on our toes in terms of exactly what's happening in and around the continent. All of those news that are making headlines there, we do appreciate it. Bringing the time now to seven minutes after 11 here on African Dialogue. My name is Zikon I Amuso. Mean, you and I are going to be in conversation until the top of the hour. And of course, as I mentioned today, we are zooming in on Mozambique and the climate there, of course ahead of this holiday season that is upcoming. But do remember Remember that you're more than welcome to also participate on the show. We'd love to get your comments and all those questions that you might have for our guests who are of course wiser when it comes to the topics that we discuss. Find us on Facebook, tweet us at Channel Africa 1 or you can simply SMS your views or your questions to plus 27823325905. That's plus 27823325905. A spate of kidnappings and low-intensity conflict with troubling echoes of Mozambique's civil war Threatening to scare away tourists who normally flock to the country 's palm flinch beaches now, around this time of the year, holidayers and tour operators, as well as shop owners at mozambique 's Indian Ocean resort towns, are usually busy preparing for those holiday makers who are making their way to that country. White sandy beaches, pristine coral reefs, and luxury hardways draw travelers from neighboring South Africa and from further afield for southern hemisphere 's summer holidays. Now, we are going to be talking, of course, around the social and political climate and how it actually affects the tourism sector there and, of course, all those holidaymakers who are expecting to head that way come December. Now, joining us on the line, we've got Tony Burkholz, who is the marketing manager for Borough Resorts in Mozambique. He is based in Johannesburg. Good morning, Tony, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Also on the line, we've got Matati Ramawela, who is the chief executive officer uh, for... Uh, tourism-business-travel-com. Uh, uh, Matadi, are you on the line? I'm on the line and good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us, Matadi. Well, that is Tony and Matadi on the line joining us here on African Dialogue to have this discussion. Now, I'm going to start with you, Tony. Um, we're hearing about, you know, the threats that um, the, the political climate and the social climate generally in Mozambique might have on the tourism sector. Do you think people are really um, uh, just, you know, uh, gasping for uh, out of proportion, so to speak? Or is there really quite a serious situation that could tamper with um, the holidaymakers' plans? Tony? There is a got a
3: concern from... Um from holidaymakers, which is natural, mm. and mm. a lot of it is brought on, by, obviously, by media. Um, uh, in our situation, a lot of the, um, the incidents that we hear of and that we read of aren't affecting us in, in any way. Mm. Um, mm. Our lodges are all based in Inyomban province, which is way south of Sofala province, where most of the trouble has been has been happening. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, so good for us. You know, we we are coping. Uh, we have had inquiries. We have had people with concerns, which is also natural. We have a huge influx of South Africans travelling through to our lodges in December. Um, a lot of them have booked and planned their holidays way in advance. A lot of them travel annually to come and see us. So mm-hmm. there is concern, which is a natural thing. Um, mm-hmm. However, we are we are fortunate that that up until this point we haven't experienced anything negative. Um, in any form of travel, either by road or by air, into Inyambay.
4: Now, Tony, let's just give this, you know, a context, you know, for people who don't really understand what the concern around all of this is. Tell us a little bit about your lodges and what you actually do and the volumes of people that you actually uh, cater to when it comes to this time of the year and what actually um, then this, this could mean for for your business. I mean, if people are retracting from their plans to actually head that way. Tony?
3: We have a lot of um, self-drive um, guests, in other words, people who drive themselves through Tower Lodges. Mm-hmm. Um, they are accessible by by road, via Maputo. Um, they are, on, on an average, about 500 kilometres north of Maputo, mm-hmm. along a very good road which has been upgraded um, and, and pretty much rebuilt over the last couple of years. Um, there is also air access. We have daily flights in from Joburg, from Oatombo. Um, and these are also running as they've always been, no trouble yeah. whatsoever. Um, we, we cater to a large number of people over this time. I mean, Barrow Lodge, for instance, you know, we could have well over 200 people staying with us, and then, of course, we have all the people from around, from the surrounding area, coming in for the day to come and visit it, to spend time with us. Uh, Flamingo Bay is down the road, um, which caters to 40 guests. That's our maximum occupancy. Mini Lodge, which is further north, and also self-drive, um, it's between mm. Inyamban and Villanculos. Mm. That accommodates, um, I would say, about 300 people during the holiday season. So we do have a lot of people coming through, and the bulk of that over this time of the year is self-drive. So friends and families um, going through for a week, maybe two weeks, to come and spend time with us.
4: Mm. Now, let me bring Matati here. Um, Matsati, I mean, when we talk about the tourism sector, it is one of those um uh, sector which is regarded as the modern day engine of growth in many aspects. Now, I think we did have you not too long ago on the show and we were talking about the tourism sector on the continent. And, uh, you know, you, along with some of the guests, really did mention that there needs to be quite a boost when it comes to uh, the African continent uh, in line with its tourism. Now, when we have situations like this, which are not obviously only isolated to Mozambique, there's many parts of the continent that are tourist attractions but are going through, you know, certain phases when it comes to their social and political issues uh, that come into play. Now, what is it that can be done to sort of assure, you know, the tourists, you know, and to not shy away from coming to these places, you know, because of these uh, uh, frictions or, or issues that are undesirable, so to speak? Matadi. I think
0: um, you know the issues of security mm-hmm. uh, or tourism shaped up with some uh, mixed up, for instance, and you know, some social issues or dynamics taking place in, in any uh, part of the continent or for that matter in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, are issues that I think we need to be realistic and say that you know, in this day and age, those challenges face any other destination in the world. Mm-hmm. And, but to answer your question is how can we uh, you know, deal with those things? I think communication. Communication is the best way. Uh, you know, if you keep your tourists uh, informed, and and you know, knowing that as products and destination we don't uh, interact with the consumer directly, mm-hmm. is to keep the channel our partners informed about whatever is going on in our destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this particular case, we talk about what the instance or uh, whatever tensions uh, that people are saying are busy, uh, you know, uh, coming out that may threaten tourists whether they coming. Uh, as international tourists or South Africans, you know, planning to have their holidays in, in, the, in the beautiful beaches of Mozambique, I think communication will be the, the, the only tool. Uh, we keep those people informed about the situation on the ground, and this is really the responsibility of the uh, destination promotion agency. So, Mozambique Tourism Authority need to be up there, really up their promotion campaign, keep the information flowing into their partners here in South Africa, whether it's us as the TBCSA, you know, with all our TBC, collect- uh, the TBC collective, which is uh, the two operators, the travel agencies. Mm-hmm. That would be the only. Uh, true, that we really make sure that we keep people updated, people uh, are kept abreast as to the issues of safety whatsoever, so that people are not left with any imagination uh, and start to, you start know, little rumours that may not be true and they can damage the destination at the end of the day.
4: Mm. Tony, Matazi talks about communication as really highlighting it as one of those tools that can really be utilised to sort of curb these issues or to get the messages out there should anything go wrong. Do you agree with that? Do you have anything to add in terms of the recommendations as to how we can sort um, these issues out?
3: Absolutely. You know, um, most people who book a holiday, um, the kind of natural thing to do is when you do have a concern, you'll first point of contact is normally the person that you did the booking with. Mm. Had it be one of our lodges, they would then contact us, which is normally the first thing that they would do after having read news or or find something on the internet. Um, and that is what's happening. People are contacting us. Mm. And we are sure. dealing with those queries and inquiries as they come in, um, as I've mentioned earlier, you know, up until now, it's really been business as usual for us on this side and for all the lodges, and including our two operators who support us out there in the industry. So, um, a lot of hype around it at the moment. Uh, elections on Wednesday, mm. and incidentally, you know, it is so normal at the moment for us that the Sinfonia is going to be at Parra Lodge on Wednesday on mm. its first into Mozambique, which is also very evident. Um, um, the fact that you know it is business as usual. Uh, yeah. The phone is yeah. arriving. It was close on two thousand guests, and um, we just hope that with elections happening on Wednesday, that um, you know, subsequent to the elections, that things do continue uh, to be to be um, to really settle down, you know, and that there is no conflict and there's no there's no repercussions after the election results have been announced.
4: Mm. Tony Burkholtz, their marketing manager for Bar Resorts in Mozambique, based in Johannesburg, talking about the situation in Mozambique, saying it's all systems go, even mentions the symphonia there in Mozambique at this time. Well, then, it, for those people who have been wondering, um, we're hearing the, the, the updates from the people who are really dealing with this on the ground, hands-on. Now, Matadi, I want to talk to you about something which you mentioned earlier on, about media reports and obviously the communication that goes out there. I mean, the reason why we're even having this discussion is because there is quite, I mean, a a vast amount of of, uh, communication that's out there around um, the threats or how it could be unsafe for people to go to Mozambique at this time and whatnot and how this can actually really affect people who were planning. Now, In, in your view, what is it that you would then do in a situation like this where people have been scared away? But here we have Tony, who is actually somebody who deals with this hands on is saying it's all systems go, but people have been told something else. How does this ultimately, you know, affect people like Tony? You know, if somebody is hearing something else, then they're thinking to themselves, okay, then I'm not going to go there. What sort of, um, damage control tactics do you have in that regard?
0: I think uh, the um, Mozambique Tourism uh, Authority, Tourism Office, which I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, they have an office in South Africa. I think they really need, uh, if South Africa is a key uh, source market for them, which I believe is, um, they should really embark on a media campaign, uh, you know, to to really demystify and really uh, repudiate all those media reports that are coming up. Almost like something that is like a state of, um, um, you know, a status update of what's going on in London on a daily basis mm-hmm. uh, across all media channels. And I know it's an expensive ex- exercise. Maybe they can use radio for instance, because it's live. Uh, a lot of people in South Africa are listening to radio. I think they need to do that. Um, you know, the other thing, you know, we live in the age of social media. Uh, they really need to have somebody permanently really in that, in, in, in Twitter, uh, uh, teaching what is happening. Um, you know, of course, using the feed from all the different lodges and locations within Mozambique, just treating what is the latest. Uh, today, uh, the beautiful day in, 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 in Yambani, uh, you know, security situation is, and they mustn't hide anything. Mm. If, if, if there's anything that uh, somebody must have come across, they should put it in perspective. Because if somebody who's going to pick it up, who is levers already, they may just blow it out of proportion and then uh, it will uh, you know, really mess up everything else. So, well, so essentially mm-hmm. what I'm saying is just engage the media. Mm.
4: Well, right now, engage the media. Mm, That is Mataji Ramawela really reiterating on that note of communication that sometimes there is the wrong uh, information that is communicated out there to people and it can ultimately affect the business of people within the tourism sector. In Mozambique's case, we're hearing from people on the ground. Tony Burkholt, who's the marketing manager for Baru Resorts in Mozambique, based in Johannesburg, talking about everything being all systems go in Mozambique. This despite, of course, some of the social and political ...tensions that uh, are in the uh, in that country at this time. Bringing the time now to 21 minutes after 11 here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African renaissance. My name is Zikon. I mean, so we're talking about tourism on the continent. Of course, using Mozambique as a, as a case study today, looking at the social and political climate there and how this can affect the tourism sector at this very crucial time, which is, of course, the holiday season. Do SMS us, all your comments and questions... To plus three three two five nine zero five, or you can tweet us using the social networks at Channel Africa One using the hashtag African Dialogue. Matazi and Tony, please do stay on the line. We'll carry on our conversation after this.
2: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
4: Welcome back to African Dialogue. My name is Zikon Ami, so I'm joined on the line by Tony Burkholt, who's the marketing manager for Barra Resorts in Mozambique, and also Mata Zigramawela, Chief Executive Officer of the Tourism Business Travel Com. Now you are more than welcome to interact with us here on the show. Find us on Facebook, tweet us. I know that you're always on these social networks. So you're more than welcome to also engage with us on the on Facebook. We have a fan page there. Just search for Channel Africa. You'll definitely be able to find us or from time to time. Time you can visit our web our web page which is www.channelafrica.org www.channelafrica.org Tony, earlier we were talking about the importance of communication and of course sending out the right messages um, the tourism sector partnering with the media in terms of ensuring that um, they are sending the correct messages out there and of course so that it doesn't have a long term effect on you as business, you know, as people who are dealing with these resorts that the holidays makers um, uh, go to during the holiday season Now, my question here is we're talking a lot about um, holiday makers coming through from South Africa and places like that and of course we do have uh, people who are coming into Africa from elsewhere um, uh, globally. Now when we talk about the tourism sector do you believe as people who deal with you know tourists on a day-to-day basis do you believe that um, uh, uh, we have enough Africans that are touring uh, the continent in itself and what can be done in terms of improving uh, the interest there? Tony?
3: We do, um, we do a, a regional marketing. In fact, mm. we're very proactive in our own marketing mm. um, as Barra. Um, we also have um, a business division which has been developed uh, for Mozambique tourism uh, called Mozambique Roadshow, uh, which is a consortium of lodges and hotels based in Mozambique. We do mm. a lot of proactive uh, marketing um, throughout you know, We do uh, Namibia, we've done Zimbabwe quite recently, we do Botswana, mm. there's so there's definitely, um, there's definitely, there are definitely markets there that can be tapped into. And, you know, as countries mature and as road infrastructures are improved and as economies improve, um, so people are able to travel more, you know, and that's what we bear in mind. So, yes, um, you know, regionally one needs to look at it um, without a doubt and, 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 and definitely tap into those markets, which is exactly what we are doing. We, we've seen the need get out there to the SEDEC regions and, and to and to try and bring people into Mozambique. You know, flights, flights are operating daily, roads are good, there are bus services, there are uh, networks mm-hmm. which people can use in order to access ours and other lodges on the Mozambique coast. Mm.
4: matati would you like to add or disagree, agree? No, I think, um, you know... You know, it's funny enough, uh, this morning
0: and yesterday we were in a discussion Mm. about, um, you know, what we need to do from an uh, African perspective uh, in terms of increasing Africa's uh, um, share of global travel Mm. or global tourist numbers. And and you know what, there's one thing that is very clear, is that, uh, and especially from a South African point of view, that let's look at our backyard, Mm -hmm. our own backyard, uh, the World Bank and the IMF, in their study of economic growth, um, they have the top, among the top ten countries uh, on the world, are from Africa. Mm. And what does it mean? It means that there's a, there's a growing uh, you know, traveler within the African countries, within those those countries whose economies are growing. The likes of Rwanda, the like of, of Nigeria, Ghana, with the Discovery Oil, that really begins to be the source of tourists for others as a destination. And, of course, Mozambique as well, and, you know, the rest of the Southern African region. Mm-hmm. So what the message we go out as the TBCSA to our members uh, is that, you know, Africa is here, we have familiar- familiarity, you know, we are the same, we are the same people. And the message resonates much more because we are Africa, we are Africans, like the rest of the continent. What we then need to do is to make sure we have a product, that the African uh, traveler, you know, will love and will enjoy. Because it's not going to be a, a simple case of uh, cut and paste. You know, the, what we have designed over the years for the European traveler, which is basically uh, the tourism product of, of Southern Africa has been modeled basically on European grid. Because mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of source market that we've been having uh, for as long as I can remember for southern Africa. But then we need to engage the African tourists uh, who has got money. Uh, they are going and they are going into the and to say, "Come to South Africa. This is what, what do you want? Not this is what we have for you. What do you want?" And we are able to make some provision for them. And I like uh, what I hear from Tony in terms mm-hmm. of what Bara and the whole of the 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 Mozambique uh, you know the islands are doing. To, to make sure that they really get the, the Botswana, the landlocked countries like Botswana, mm-hmm. to come and enjoy the beautiful beaches of Mozambique instead of going all the way to Spain and Greece, there is because some of the most beautiful beaches that the world has to offer.
4: Well, some very strong sentiments coming through there from Mata de Ramuela, Chief Executive Officer of the Tourism Business Travel Com. We are of course talking around the tourism sector and how it can be affected by certain social and political issues which may crop up in the various uh, countries that we have on the continent. Of course, using Mozambique in this case as a case study. As you've heard it for yourself, Tony Burkholz there, who's the Marketing Manager for Bar Resorts in Mozambique says in his view, it is all systems go they haven't really had any issues with holiday makers retracting their uh, their um, bookings which they have placed for the holiday season but he does say that of course um, it is important for people to be communicated to when there are um, issues of threats, but at this stage, according to him there is none of that. If you are tuned in at this moment and you've had some problems that you've encountered or maybe you've heard of something which is quite serious, which has made you, you know, think twice about going to Mozambique or any other part of the continent during the holiday season you're more than welcome to share your story with us we'd really appreciate that. You can tweet us at Channel Africa one using the hashtag African Dialogue or you can simply SMS to plus 27 823 325 905. That's plus 27 823 325 905. My name is Zikonomi. So this is African Dialogue. We come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. We're going to move to a short break. When we come back, we will be wrapping up our discussion and looking at exactly what it is that the holiday makers can really look forward to in this festive season that is upcoming. Stay stay tuned to the show. Do not go anywhere. We're coming back. Welcome back to African Dialogue. It's exactly 30 minutes after 11 o'clock Central African time. You are tuned into the gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance that is, of course, Channel Africa. And at this moment, we are on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Joining me on the line as we discuss the tourism sector and of course the upcoming festive season and all that it encompasses. We've got Tony Burkholt, Marketing Manager for Bar Resorts in Mozambique, based in Johannesburg, as well as Matazi Ramawela, Chief Executive Officer for Tourism Business Travel. We really have had some quite interesting deliberations thus far on the show and we don't have much time left. But what I want to pose to to both our guests, I mean at this time, is we've used Mozambique as a study throughout the discussion today and of course the social and political climate and how um, it it actually plays a role in uh, the tourist and the decision that they make as to where they are going. Now if we look at the continent as a whole, we know that Mozambique is definitely one of those destinations that people seek after, you know, during the holiday season to go there to those beautiful beaches which Matadi was talking about earlier on. But what other, um, uh, tour, uh, what other destinations on the continent are really really also making their mark during the season. Maybe you can give us a greater understanding, Matadzi and Tony. I'll give you a chance, Matadzi, and thereafter I'll give Tony a chance. Some of the top destinations that people can look to to go through during during the season or those that are doing well during this holiday season.
0: Zikana, first of all, I really want to commend Channel Africa for now and then really taking our industry very seriously and taking it to our people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really a good job on you, uh, you and, and uh, we will keep on supporting you with the information you look for mm-hmm. uh, to put our country, uh, continent on the map. Mm-hmm. Now, on to your question, I think um, really the holiday makers. Uh, let me start by saying that I think as Africans, we should really count ourselves as some of the luckiest uh, people living in this planet mm-hmm. at this point in time. If, if, if you look at what Africa has to offer uh, a holiday maker and it's a pity that part of our people have not really had the means uh, to be able to uh, afford a holiday of whatever type that uh, you know will feed their hearts due mm-hmm. uh, to, to disposable income not being there, uh, people really moved from hand to mouth but those who have uh, the media industry, that their biggest challenge then becomes them being aware of the, the, the options that they have. Mm. And so the role of the media cannot be overestim- uh, overstated, uh, that there's a lot of information, but it's in the hands of a few. Because as Africa, we have a major challenge in terms of communication. How do we get, as product owners, like uh, the Bara Resort and uh, all the beautiful places that Africa has, mm. how do the product owners get a message to the public? That's always a challenge that I'm hoping at some point we will be able to address as a continent. Mm-hmm. Now, I think for, you know what, I think whether it's the beautiful beaches of Mozambique, of and of Cape Town, you know, the beautiful Delta in Botswana, mm-hmm. and the beautiful, uh, uh, you know, lodges and private game reserves in Namibia, uh, in Zambia, and uh, Zimbabwe, all the way to Mauritius, which is very popular with South Africans, as, as Mozambique is, mm-hmm. uh, to Seychelles, you know, up in the north. Uh, really, we, we spoil for choice. And, and I think you know, any uh, uh, sub Saharan African resident, uh, if you are going outside of the continent it's because you have the you wanna go out. But really we've got
4: everything here. We've now Matsati, I'm everything. gonna put you on the spot. I mean you've mentioned quite a number of names and my me myself, as you were saying them I was thinking, Oh, I could just picture myself in Mozambique and the Seychelles and Botswana. <laughs> you really asphalt for choice as you say, but now I'm gonna put you on the spot. What is your favorite destination to go through? Uh, to Rather during this season,
0: oh, the problem with me is that during this kind of season, it's uh, you know, what kind of like it's time to be family because my Mm -hmm. family is all over the place, yes. So, I really don't go much and out in the December period, I stay home so I can connect with family because to try and move all these people into one space it's a bit of a difficulty, okay. I had wanted. Uh, this part of the, uh, the I'll still maybe uh, maybe make plans. I want to go back to the Kruger Park mm-hmm. uh, because it's, I worked for National Parks uh, back in the nineties for four and a half years, and I something tells me that I need to go back into the park and just go and reconnect uh, with with uh, the place that used to be my workspace for some mm-hmm. time. Um, but I love. Uh, because I love the beaches, mm-hmm. uh, and you know me being in the, in the island, it's one of the things I try to do once a year. Um, and, and I'm not much of a city person mm-hmm. from a holiday point of view. I love going so you on like the being city. on the outskirts. So <laughs> <laughs> the lodges are the places where there's space, the streets, I come from Limpopo, so I'm a girl from the rural areas. So, so, so I spend a lot of my time in the in the urban area. So when there is a bit of a chance, I want to connect with the environments in which I grew up in uh, when yeah. I was
4: young. I I hope that you take full advantage of those beaches when you do go. Or are you one of those people who sit back and enjoy the breeze and not get into the water at all? <laughs>
0: I don't get into the water. (laughs) You know what? I'm one of those people who love to admire. So I'm at the beach. I'm uh, lounging around reading my books and watching the sea because one of the things I love as a reflection of the sea. Yes. But I love the green, the trees, and, and <laughs> the one that refreshes me, and the smell or oh, the interaction with the animal yes. and the wildlife. That's really what regenerates my spirit and the, the cousin
4: that I am. Well, Matata is sharing with us her personal preferences when it comes to making that holiday on the continent, talking about really liking to look at the beach and being there and enjoying the breeze, but not really getting into the water. Tony, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> it's your turn. I mean, I asked about some of the real, um, the, 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 Holiday making uh, 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 venues or people, the the destinations that people go to during during this time that are really giving the rest a run for their money. Maybe you can share with us and also, I mean, your preferences when it comes to uh, taking a holiday and taking that time out. Tony? Um, You know,
3: Mozambique is an all year round destination. Mm -hmm. Um, You can pretty much visit all year through. Um, we uh, we have a bit of a rainy season uh, early on in the year. Um, Jan, Feb, March can be quite rainy. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, you can go there any time of the year. And people do choose to go there at different times for different reasons. You have the holiday makers with uh, school kids who need to go there seasonally. You have a lot of people who prefer to travel in winter because it's cooler. Um, and often, you know, you have people who travel out of season as well because the roads are quiet, the lodges are a lot quieter as well, and you've got more freedom. So there's a lot of reasons, different reasons, why people travel. Um, we we do also have um, people coming to us via somewhere else. We have people coming to us via South Africa. They might have done Cape Town and the Drakensberg. Um, they might have done Botswana. You know, there's a lot of other choices uh, which people might might choose to match with the beach product. And, and often the beach product, the tag on at the end as well, cause after your early morning game drives in the Kruger Park and whatever you might have done to the coast you can you can chill you can relax you can get up late if you want to and you can just have that time out um, you know just to fully recover before you head back to back to back to uh, back to your normal work life again um, scuba diving is a big part of our business uh, we do attract uh, scuba divers from all over the world um, and then again they will go to Cape Town they'll dive with the great Whites, they'll go down to the south coast of Natal and they'll film with the tiger sharks then then they'll come and see us and they'll film with mantis and whale sharks um, so, yeah, lots of reasons for lots of people to go to lots of different places. Um, one of the challenges, of course, in Africa is mm-hmm. always is, is, is the cost of regional travel. Mm. And, and really, if I can be more specific, it's yeah. the cost of, of regional air travel. And that is a big challenge for all of us in the industry, mm. to overcome mm. the cost of getting to places. It's often very difficult for people to get there purely because of the cost of actually getting the cost of access.
4: Mm. Well... Um, mm-hmm. Those In are
3: terms of where I like to go, I mm-hmm. suppose, mm-hmm. you know, I think the reason why I am where I am is because it's something I can so relate to. Um, I enjoy the sea, I enjoy the coast, and um, we've grown up at the sea. And uh, I must say, I do enjoy visiting Mozambique myself. <laughs> so, yeah.
4: Tony, you um, being um, neutral. <laughs> no, I'm,
3: I, think, I think I'm think i a true ambassador because I do enjoy the sea, I do enjoy skipper yeah. and I do yeah. enjoy getting to Mozambique.
4: Well, maybe one of these days, the African dialogue can actually visit one of those bar lodges and you can teach us how to scuba dive (laughs) at at some time. (laughs) 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 That would be quite something. Well, that was Tony Burkhold, marketing manager for Barrow Resorts in Mozambique, based in Johannesburg, of course, and Mata Ziramawella, chief executive officer of tourism, business, travel, of course, just uh, 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 blowing down those fires that uh, there is a big problem in Mozambique of course both of them really reiterating that it's all systems go at this time so if you had planned that holiday according to them who do deal with things on the ground it's all systems go things are normal at this stage and of course Matati really reiterating that should anything uh, be wrong there will be some form of communication or there needs to be more uh, ways of looking around how uh, uh, the tourism sector can communicate better on the continent well with that having said we'd just like to to thank you both our guests for joining us here on the show. And really shedding some light and, of course, uh, really helping those people who might have been a little bit anxious about their trip to Mozambique during this time. I think with uh, those anecdotes from Tony about scuba diving and all the fun things you can do, I think it might have made them look a little bit forward to their vacation as opposed to all the uh, information that has been going out there at this time. We'd really like to thank you very much for your clarity and for joining us here on African Dialogue. Thank you very much to you, Tony, and Matadzi.
3: Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much.
4: Well, that was Tony Burkholdt, Marketing Manager for Borough Resorts in Mozambique, based in Johannesburg, and Matadze Ramawela, Chief Executive Officer for Tourism Business Travel. So if you are that holiday maker was planned that holiday, it is almost that time for the festive season, which they do also dub it the silly season. And with that having said, I think it's even more appropriate to treat you to the signs of Bob Marley. This one is called Sun is Shining. Enjoy.
3: Make you want to move. You're dancing.
4: of Loom Sanga there with a track titled Zimbira. And before that, of course, we had Sun is Shining by Bob Marley. Really getting you into that holiday and festive mood already just before we get into December. As of course, we were discussing the tourism sector here on African Dialogue. And with that, it is 10 minutes before the top of the hour, which means it's time for our economics update with Wisani Matebula.
6: Thanks, Zikona. Credit card fraud losses in South Africa have increased by 27% this year, contributing 39% to overall card fraud. This according to statistics presented by the South African Banking Risk Risk Information, Sabrik, in Midran, north of Johannesburg. 61% of all card fraud losses occur outside the country. Sabric's General Manager for Commercial Crime, Susan Potriter, says uh, these transactions are mostly related to fraudulent cash withdrawals at ATMs
0: finding that criminals are reverting back to the older schemes and scams and when criminals insert some plastic into the mouth of the ATM so that your card is actually trapped when you put it into the ATM machine and when you leave they actually dislodge the card. Now that particular method is now surfacing again and what listeners must please do if you are using the ATM and you believe that your card has been swallowed, don't leave the ATM until you've actually cancelled your card. Put your bank center number onto your cell phone so that you actually have it in an emergency like this.
6: Meanwhile, South Africa's private health care group, Netcare, has posted a good trading results. So Netcare Chief Executive Richard de says said the results are driven by a substantial increase in demand for private health care in South Africa. There's
3: been a 31% increase in the number of people joining medical aid since 2000, from 2 million more members. We're also seeing an aging occurring, which tends to drive healthcare demand. And then, as released by the Council of Medical, scourge of chronic illnesses Mm. and diseases of lifestyle continues apace in South Africa, and this is driving demand.
6: And the information and communication technology sector in Rwanda including internet and broadband has suffered from limited fixed line infrastructure and high prices but developments in the fixed network market are beginning to change this situation. Interest uh, from investors in the country's ITC sector has been buoyant especially over the last few years. A few months back the government signed a deal with uh, Korea Telecoms uh, to build a national fibre backbone. Today Rwanda has uh, over 3,000 kilometres of fibre optic cable but only about. About 8.3% of the population currently has access to Internet. And there are more than 60 leaders from Africa and the Arab world are gathering for the third Arab-Africa Economic Summit under the theme Partners in Development and Investment. The summit, which is expected to launch a new phase of Arab-African joint cooperation, will provide a platform for African and Arab business actors to meet policy makers at national, regional and continental levels and share ideas on improving the business climate. Arab and African foreign ministers met yesterday ahead of the two-day summit, as Nshansha Sangu reports.
4: Arab and African foreign ministers met in Kuwait yesterday hoping to accelerate a strategy to bolster economic cooperation, investment and trade ahead of a summit. The third Africa-Arab summit will be the first meeting of its kind since 2010 when leaders met in Libya in 29 prior to the Arab Spring uprising that toppled long-standing dictatorships there and elsewhere in North Africa and the Middle East.
6: And finally, the Kenyan shilling and change to the dollar as expected to draw support from anticipation of inflows related to a sale of treasury bonds. The Central Bank of Kenya will auction up to $115.61 million worth of five-year bonds on November 20th. Overnight rates on the shilling dropped 9.4% from 13.3% a week ago, aided partly by a central bank move to inject liquidity using reverse repurchase agreements. Demand for the greenback to pay off uh, end-of-month commitments could affect the shilling next week. And that's how it's looking.
4: Thank you, Isani, for that economics update. Time now for our sports update with Tami Koza.
1: In sports, Pakistan will be hoping for a change in fortunes when they embark on their third series with the South African cricket team, the Proteus, in under a year. Five days after completing a series in the United Arab Emirates, the Proteus and Pakistan square up again in a T20 international. Cricket South Africa has announced an unchanged Proteus T20 squad on Saturday to play in the two international matches against Pakistan. The first match takes place at the Wanderer Stadium on Wednesday the 20th and the second at Newlands on Friday the 22nd. Both matches will start at 6 p.m. Central African time. Meanwhile, Cricket South Africa has also congratulated the Proteus on their outstanding 2-0 series victory over Pakistan in Dubai. It's a result that has seen them climb to number three on the ICC T20 team rankings. And now in soccer news, South Africa's Bafana coach Gordon Igesand is expecting world champion Spain to play their usual attacking football when they take on Bafana Bafana in tonight's international friendly match at the FNB stadium. The match will kick off at 9pm Central African time and Igesand says his team will also hold nothing back.
3: They're the world champions, and they're there not for no reason. They're there because they're very professional, they've got a great outfit, they've got world-class players, and I expect them to come here and play the way they would play. They'll play this game as if it was a cup final, the way we're going to play. We're going to play like it's a cup final. We, I mean, we, we have a responsibility. We want to go out there, we want to play well. We're representing our country. They're representing Spain. They want to prove to the rest of the world that they can be the favours to win the World Cup again, and they're going to go out there. No player will go out there and just go through emotions. They're going to play as if it was a cup final.
1: Zambia will kick off the 2013 Zakafa Senior Challenge Cup outing in East Africa with a possibly tricky tie against Tanzania on the 28th of this month in Machako's town. The Secafa Cup takes place from the 27th of November until the 12th of December in Kenya. Zambia's other group B rivals are Burundi and Somalia. Zambia's second group match at Secafa will be on the 1st of December against Burundi. Chipolopolo will later face Somalia in their final group match on December the 4th. Zambia is the only guest team at this year's Secafa Cup in Kenya. And finally, with rugby, South African Springbok Hoshan Ekemea has called Anke Bulls prop Frick Kirsten to join the Springbok in Paris as injury replacement for France Malheb, following South Africa's 28-0 victory over Scotland in Edinburgh on Sunday. Meyer says he is extremely pleased with the fact that his team has been de- defensively sound in their past two games of the end-of-year tour.
2: Yeah, I think we're very really blessed, very uh, really thankful and grateful for the win. There's a lot of pleasing moments. I think we um, really asked the guys for a clinical, clinical performance. Uh, thoughts could be wet. And I thought he played some great rugby. Um, we really took the right options at the right times. I was very happy with that great drive we scored right from the kickoff. It just shows you can play that type of rugby in these uh, conditions. But uh, I think that's good. You know, you know always take four tries to not in, in, in test match rugby. Um, but I think the great thing for me is that uh, we want to work hard on our defence. And last... Last week was awesome, we didn't give it away any tries.
1: And that's the end of our sport, and back to the corner, Miso.
4: Thank you, Tommy, for that sports update, bringing us to the end of our show today here on African Dialogue. Please be sure to continue sending your questions and comments on our SMS line, plus 27823325905. And you're more than welcome to tweet us at Channel Africa 1 or visit our webpage, www.channelafrica.org. For now, from me, Economy, So it's Adios until tomorrow. Next up is Africa Midday with Benjamin Mushatama you.